Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. But we've been in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We're going to be in verses 35 through 50. Just for those of you who are joining us, the reason we're in specifically one chapter and studying that is because our theme verse for the year as a church family and as a ministry has been verse number 58. And it says, Therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. So we've taken that really middle challenge of being unmovable and we've looked at verse number 58 that begins with the word therefore. And the, my, our pastor, my dad, actually said this on Wednesday night. He's, I think it was Wednesday night. might have been Sunday night. But he says, anytime you see a therefore, you have to see what is there for. And I wanted to like look around at everybody in Crosspoint and be like, did you guys hear that? Like That's what we've been saying. So anytime you see a therefore, you see what it's there for. And in this case, it's alluding to these first 57 verses. And so can anybody tell me what we talked about through the first 11 verses? What was the first thing that makes you unmovable? The gospel. I heard someone whisper it. I'll take that as an answer, all right? You might have said the wrong answer, but I heard gospel. So um, the gospel makes you unmovable. And we talked about that from verses 1 through 11. Anybody remember what week number 2 was about? Or it can be it can be out of order. What was the second thing? What was that? Everybody's like not confident enough to say it out loud. So everybody's like, resurrection. I heard the resurrection. The resurrection makes you unmovable. What was the third? Your growth or biblical principles is, a, is, I think, was last week. And then eternity makes you unmovable. And we talked about that when we were in the fellowship hall. Um, I re-recorded that lesson um, up here by myself to an empty room so that we could have it on the podcast and have it on YouTube. I messed up three times. Okay, up here in this room by myself. I had my video camera there. I had uh, my phone there. I had this here. The second time I was 15 minutes into the lesson and my phone rang and I assumed that that meant that like the video cut off. And so I literally on video go, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And I like slapped my watch to like turn it off. And so I walked back there and it got all of it on video. Like it's me getting frustrated because my phone's ringing. So then I turned it on to airplane mode and I record the first one. I was like kind of I had walked up here to do a test to make sure. And so I thought, well, I'm, I'm already up here testing. I'm just going to go ahead and record. I taught for 23 minutes to no recording. And then the next time was when my phone rang. The third time, I, I, I think the lesson's only like 14 minutes long because I'm like, by that point, I was done. I don't even remember what I had said the other times. It may not even be biblical if you go back and watch it. Um, but anyways, that's, uh, that was lesson number uh, four. And then this week, Leads us to lesson uh, number five, I believe, verses 35 through 50. And then next week, we'll close out with the remainder of the verses. And then I want to pull out one thought uh, for lesson number eight, which is the vain Christian. The vain Christian. He says a couple of times uh, in this passage about this is in vain, this is in vain, or this is not in vain. And so we want to pull those thoughts out and really bring them together and look at one thought. But today, we're going to talk about how your future 
makes you unmovable, how your future makes you unmovable. I want you to look at verse number 35. We'll read down through verse number 50. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you don't have a copy of the scriptures, um, I understand. Maybe if you've got it on your phone, that's okay too. But I'm going to ask you to read responsibly. Uh, when I read a long passage like this, sometimes it's easy to tune me out, so I'm going to make you read with me, all right? So I'll read verse 35. You read verse 36. I read verse 37. You read verse 38. You kind of get the, get the drill unless you want me to go all the way to 50 to help you out. But um, I'll read verse 35. You read verse number 36 out loud together. The Bible says this in verse number 35. He says, But some man will say, How are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? No. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but, but bear again it may, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. That's a powerful verse. We'll come back to that. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the star, for one star differeth from another star in glory. Let's take a time out, pause, whatever you want to call it for just a second. Let's, let's figure out what he's talking about. Because sometimes when you read, if you're like me, you're so focused on reading, especially when you're reading out loud, like, okay, I have to say the word terrestrial. Terrestrial, okay? And you're not paying attention to what it actually says. So let's take a time out for just a second. Here's what he's saying. He says that there's different kinds of things in, a, in a, lot of, a lot of life. He uses different types of fleshes. He says there's a flesh of men, there's a flesh of birds, there's a flesh of, of beasts. He gives different types, okay? But he says that doesn't hold true with, the res with, with human bodies, okay? He says all human flesh is the same, but our resurrected body is going to actually be different, okay? He says that what is sown in incorruption is now going to be, or is sown in incorruption is now raised, or is sown in corruption is now raised in incorruption. So we're on verse number 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. That's alluding to Adam, the first man ever created, and Jesus Christ, who is referred to as the last Adam. Howbeit the that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. As it is earthy, such are they that are also earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. This is the last verse, so you don't have to read verse 51. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. And so a lot of powerful verses there. If you want, I try to keep beliefs and doctrines highlighted in my Bible. And so I have this marked as really the proof of the bodily resurrection. 
But today, for sake of our series and kind of the, the way that we've been trying to work through and get us to the point of being unmovable, we're going to talk about how your future makes you unmovable. Your future makes you unmovable. Let's pray and we'll ask God to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your word again today. Lord, we've not got an easy passage in front of us by any means, but we do have a powerful passage. And Lord, I understand that for many in this room, this is something that they might believe secondhand. They might have even heard it talked about, but they don't necessarily understand the power and what it can bring into their life. And so God, I ask that you would help us to look at what we have waiting for us in the future as your children. May we never get distracted with the things of this world. May we never really fall into the trap of believing that we can create heaven on this earth. Lord, may we step back and realize that one of these days our future gives us a new body. Lord, it gives us a change. Lord, it gives us something to look forward to. And may we see that and may we become less moved in this society. In your name we pray. Amen. One of the things that I have found very interesting as we've gone throughout this whole chapter is how little he talks about and he gives us thoughts about things of this earth. But he kind of takes a little break here for just a second. And he begins to talk about our earthly body as compared to our heavenly body. You know, the, when we talk about the bodily resurrection, when we talk about being a group of people that believe that our bodies are going to be resurrected one day, it almost sounds a little bit like a sci-fi movie. It almost sounds like that it, it shouldn't make sense. But he's beginning to make a case in this passage for it occurring. And we've already alluded once in the, in the, past, in, uh, the second week about how the resurrection makes us unmovable. And he makes this point that if Christ is not raised from the dead, then there's no really hope for our resurrection. But if the miracle of Christ's resurrection is true, then we have something to look forward to in the miracle of our future resurrection. Let me ask you a very simple question that, that you can look back over this past week. Maybe you can look forward to this, next, this upcoming week. How much have you thought about your future in regards to eternity over the last week? How much have you thought about your future? For most of us, sad to say, when we think about our future, what do we think about? We think about our future on this earth. We think about our future home or our future relationships or our future uh, life or what we would like to have in our bank account in the future or what kind of car we're going to buy next. We think about all these different things. And so sadly, when we talk about planning out our future, we mostly are referring to our future here on this earth. And as Christians, it's important for us to step back and see that our future is so much bigger than the things that we can accumulate on this earth. Our future has some incredible miracles, if you want to even refer to them as this. Our future has something that we can look forward to. Now, this is how this works, is if you have a future, guess what? You have something to look forward to. You have something that wakes you up in the morning. Many of you, the things that keep you going are the things in your future that, you have, that you're looking forward to. Maybe um, if you, uh, I don't know how many of you are like this, but if you have a vacation plan, it's easy to work a little harder leading up to a vacation, isn't it? Because you know, if I can get to this point, then I'm going to get a break. If I can get here, I'm going to get this, okay? Sometimes that's even true in life. If you are trying to get something, if you're trying to work hard to maybe save up for something, it's easy to work hard. It's easy to maybe plan when you have something to look forward to in the future. But did you know that the same is true in your Christian life? That the unmovable spirit in you comes from you looking forward to what you have in the future? 
And if you step back and everything on this earth distracts you from that, if everything on this earth consumes you, and if the only hope that you have is to accumulate stuff on this earth in your future, then you've missed it. But as a Christian, if you have the hope of what your future looks like, then now you have something that should stabilize you. You have something that should settle you because you have a plan for your future. So he really lays out three things. We're going to go through these quickly, give you some verses out of this passage that you can apply. The first one is this. Your future body should make you unmovable. Your future body should make you unmovable. The older I get, the more that I look forward to a glorified body. Everything hurts. In fact, I was laying in bed this morning, and you want to know what I almost Googled? Why do my feet hurt when I wake up in the morning? Uh, because I was laying there, I was thinking, I don't want to get out of bed, not because I don't feel rested. I don't want to get out of bed because I don't want my feet to hurt. Like, I, I scuff to the, to the bathroom like this, because it's like, I don't feel like I can pick it up. I don't, I, like, it doesn't feel like it works right, okay? The older I get, the more that I realize that this body is not really meant for long-term wear and tear. Okay? These people that are like, I want you to freeze me so that one of these days when they can clone me and make me better, I want to live till I'm 170. Can you imagine the aches and pains of being 170? Like the aches and pains that come with 30 are awful. I can't imagine the aches and pains that come with 100. Don't keep me alive to be miserable, all right? But many times that's the way that we live. We live trying to, if I can only do this better, then my body will feel better. If I can only eat this, and we... Right now, my wife and I are trying to eat healthy, and it is the worst thing in the world, all right? I haven't had coffee in 22 days. I haven't had sugar in 22 days. I haven't had dairy in 22 days. I've had meat, veggies, and like one cookie, okay? I did sneak in one cookie, all right? But it's awful. And, and why? To feel better for a body that is eventually going to die. But why do we live in a way to where all we focus on is the things that we've been given down here? You see, the reason that many of us make choices is because we eventually get to the point to where, well, I want my future self to thank me for this. And there's all sorts of leadership training about make decisions today that, will, that your future self will thank you for. 20 years from now, my future self's going to say, you idiot, all right? It's probably what it's going to say. But for many of us, when we think about heaven, we, don't rare, we rarely think about a glorified body. And you say, that, doesn't, that really doesn't mean that much to me. I can promise you that there's 70, 80-year-olds that are sitting in our church that the hope of heaven and the glorified body brings, brings stability to them. It, it makes them stay focused on God. And it's interesting to me that God in His infinite wisdom did not just take us to heaven and keep us the same. And here's why I think that's true. is because would heaven be as good as everything that the Bible says it is if we were the same as what we were on this earth? Would heaven be something that we really look forward to if all we knew was that nothing changes about me, I'm just the same me in a better place? But if heaven is perfect, God knew that our bodies, who we are, our physical being, our physical makeup also had to change to become perfect. So he says this, he says in verse number 35, but some man will say, how are the dead raised up and, and with what body do they come? So he says, someone's asking you this question, how do, de how do the dead get to heaven and with what body? 
And he answers the question basically saying, it's not their same body. He says, thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. So he actually gives us an, a really unique illustration here. He says, you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't come up as a seed, does it? It comes up as something completely different. It comes up as its own unique thing. You plant something, it's in the ground. When it raises above the ground, it's something different. Now, granted, it's what we expected it to be, but it's still something in a different form and in a different body. He says, And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not the body, that body that shall be, but bear grain, and it may chance of wheat and or some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. And then he gives these examples of the other flesh, but I want you to see in verse number 40. He says, There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Your terrestrial body, referring to your body down here, has its own glory but your celestial body is going to have a completely different glory. That's something to look forward to. Your body down here, yes, it can move, it can interact, it can, it can do certain things, there's things that you enjoy, but your terrestrial body is going to have a completely different glory, which leads us to the second thought, is that not only your future body should make you unmovable, but your future change should make you unmovable. I love these verses in verse number 42, really down through verse number 44. He says this, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, and it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, and it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, and it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. I want you to think for just a second about the things in this life and in your own personal life that bother you. Okay? Don't dwell too deeply on them because I don't want you to get discouraged in the 30 seconds I'm giving you to think about it. All right, But think about the things that bother you. Think about the things that stressed you out this week. Think about the things that if you had the power to change them, you would. Whether it be physical, whether it be mental, whether it be relational, emotional, whatever. Okay, Think about those for just a second. Did you know that you will be trading all those out for the glory of heaven one day? He says that something that was sown in corruption is raised in incorruption. Something that is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. Okay? There are things in this life that you will get to trade out. Don't worry about it. You guys can shut them off. Okay? <laughs> what a fail. All right? Automatic updates. Gotta love them. The things that you are troubled with on this earth, one of these days will be traded out for things in heaven. But I want you to listen to this. They'll be traded out for things that have the same characteristics of heaven. He's not going to trade you out a bad body for a somewhat better body. No, he's trading you out something that is sown in dishonor and raised in glory. He's, he's trading you out something that is natural. He says there's a body that is natural, but one of these days you'll have a body that is spiritual. Won't it be great one of these days to not be able to be tempted with sin? The only hope that we have of that is in heaven. Because why? Our bodies are not natural. They've become spiritual. 
Won't it be great one of these days to never have to deal with worry or anxiety or depression or discouragement or any of those things that we deal with down here? The only hope that we have of that is as we look forward to our future change. We're going to not trade out and just get an upgrade, okay? Heaven is not giving me Joel 2.0. It's giving me a completely different Joel. It's giving me something that is new and brand new to me. It's giving me something that was natural, and I'm getting something that's spiritual. It's giving me something that is corruptible, that hurts, and that aches, and that is bothered by the things of this life, and I'm trading it out for something that is glorious according to this passage. And sometimes what we allow to happen to our earthly bodies and our earthly minds and our earthly emotions and earthly feelings is that we allow everything in this world to affect them, don't we? Man, a bad day at work can change you. As my wife and I have kind of started to try to eat healthy and some of the stuff we've been reading and some of the stuff that we've been trying to live out, it's amazing how much your day-to-day affects how you feel. Many of you feel that. You have a look at yourself at the end of a stressful day as compared to an enjoyable day. And guess what? In heaven, there's not stressful days. You're not, you're not just getting an upgrade. You're getting something completely new. And the way that that changes you is that that gives you something to look forward to. That means that in the midst of that stress, rather than thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? All of a sudden you start to feel that sickness in the pit of your stomach. All of a sudden you you get to feel this burden in your life. Guess what? In that moment, wouldn't it be great to think, man, one of these days I'm not going to have to deal with this. This really stinks right now. This is really heavy. This is really hard. But one of these days I'm not going to have to deal with that. I wish that you could be in a hospital room with Christians as compared to non-Christians. Death and, and really some of the sickness that we experience down here, there always comes a moment in a Christian's life. It's not that they don't grieve, but there always comes a moment in a Christian's life to where they think to themselves, and sometimes they even verbalize it out loud to the people that are around them. One of these days, we're not going to have to deal with this. One of these days... I'm going to get to see this loved one again. That changes the way that you view the things that come into your life. And then lastly is this, is not only your future change, that goes down through verse number 48. But then he says this in verse number 49. He says, And as we have been born the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit in corruption. Lastly is this, your future image should make you unmovable. Your future image should make you unmovable. Whether you want to or not, each and every one of us bear the marks of the life that we have lived. Sometimes they're physical marks. Sometimes they're maybe emotional marks. Sometimes they're marks that no one knows about. My son, sometimes he'll see stuff on my hands or he'll see stuff. I have a big scar right down through here on my elbow from where I I fell off of a swing set when I was four and I broke my elbow. And so it went from sitting like this to where it flipped around and it was sitting like that. And I broke the growth plate in my elbow. And so when I wanted to scare my mom, I would always, she would say, is your arm growing good? I was like, it's growing great. Like, and I would hold one of them back like that. I can't, that's the reason I can't touch my shoulder. For those of you who don't know that little known fact about me, I can't reach that one, all right? Um, 
So when I was a basketball coach and I would go to call a 30-second timeout, I'd just do it fast so the ref didn't make fun of me because I was like, like trying to get that one down, okay? But many of us, we have scars. We, ha- we have things that, like I said, maybe no one knows about. My son, every no- what I was referring to before I told you dumb, weird things about myself, all right, um, is that he'll see something on me sometimes and he'll say, what happened to there? What happened there? I've got a scar right here where I was on a camping trip and I cut myself with a knife right there in the split. And, uh, and he, he, he actually saw that one the other day. He goes, what's that? And I was like, ah, I cut myself with a knife. And he had just gotten, someone had just given him a knife. And he like looked at me and he's like, am I going to cut myself with my knife? I'm like, not if you don't use it the right way. Like you use it smart, you don't get cut. And so, uh, but there's, Im- there's images that we have. We all bear marks. The older we get, the more that that starts to show in who we are. Sometimes it changes our personality. Sometimes it changes the way that we interact with stuff. There's people in this world that all of a sudden, if they, if they feel like someone's getting angry at them, they'll respond in a way that you've never even seen that. Why is that? It's because they have a mark. That's become a part of who they are. That's their image. There's people in this world that if you, if you look at how stress has affected them, man, they've got bags under their eyes. They're, they're tired. They're worn out. They've got gray hair. I don't look right now, but my wife has been telling me I'm getting gray hairs, all right? I don't know if it's parenting or ministry. I'm just going to call it both, all right? But I, that changes who we are. Our image changes because of what we experience in this life. And one of these days, we will have an image that is like Christ. One of these days we will get to become something that we never have the shot at doing down here. It doesn't matter how many green leafy vegetables you eat in this life, you cannot compare to the image that you have with Jesus Christ. And guess what? That's not really something that we think about a lot. In fact, as someone who's standing up here teaching, if I can be completely 100% honest with you, I knew what I was teaching about this week. And there were even times where it popped into my brain and I thought to myself, I don't have time to think about that right now. I'm too worried about this. But as we step back and begin to think about our future, there's something that should grow inside of us to say, that's going to make me stable. That's going to change the way that I handle stuff. That's going to change the way that I face stress and that I face fear and that I face some of these things that we all struggle with. Why? Because when you have a future that is planned and that is guaranteed, it gives you something to live for. When you know that you have something that you're shooting for, you live differently. And as a Christian, your future is planned. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have a glorified body awaiting you. You have future change that is waiting you, which means those moments where you get frustrated with yourself and you feel like, man, I'm such a failure. I can't believe I did this. You have something that is going to change in your life one of these days in heaven. But you also have a future image. The stuff that defines you here on this earth is not what is going to define you in heaven. Okay? You're not going to get to heaven and all of a sudden someone's going to walk up to you and say, hey, so-and-so, I believe personally according to the Bible that we will recognize each other. Hey, so-and-so, you're the person who struggled with stress and emotions on earth. That's not what's going to define you in heaven. And so as we step back and we look at Scripture, okay, this is not Joel's word. 
This is God's word. What makes you unmovable? I wish I could tell you that you would become more stable if you had all the money in the world, but that's just not the case. I wish I could tell you that you would become more stable if you had everything planned out in your future, everything worked out great, if you got all of your hopes and dreams and wishes. I wish I could tell you that that's what would make you stable, but it's not. What makes you stable is knowing that you have a future that is planned for you in heaven, where you get a glorified body, where you get to see change happen in your life. We live so much of our life down here trying to change stuff, don't we? Trying to change ourselves, trying to change our situations, trying to change others around us. And guess what? One of these days, you will be changed into perfection. And then lastly, your image will change. You will no longer bear the marks of this earth. Rather, you will bear the marks of your heavenly Father and of your Savior who died for you. I don't know about you, I've been trying to teach a little bit differently the last couple of weeks. I don't know if any of you have noticed, I've been trying to slow down, uh, talk less, and maybe make you think more. But here's what I want you to do today. I know that right now as a 25, 26, 30-year-old, 31-year-old, whatever age you fall into, 18-year-old, whatever age group you're in, I want you to take just a second and think about this. That no matter what your future holds down here, and how uncertain it is, your future in heaven is guaranteed. And that, in and of itself, should make you live differently. If God didn't give us a new body, if God didn't change who we were, would heaven really be that exciting to look forward to? It would just be the same us in a new place. But God knew that we needed to be different. And so He's not only giving us a new place, but He's giving us a new you. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, Let's pray. Let's ask God to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.